There's something about Christmas that captures the imagination, and we see it all around us. People celebrate Christmas. There's talk of Christmas spirit, the magic of Christmas. There's just a sense of wonder attached to it, and I think that's because all of us know that there's something bigger than us. We have an intuitive understanding that there is something larger than our personal human existence. That there's a God. In fact, Romans chapter 1 says that we know that. And so we have this longing in our heart to understand who he is and how we can be properly related to him. Because there's a sense in which we know that once this life is over, at some point we're going to give an answer to the God who made us. And the glory of Christmas, the thing that is at the center of what we're looking at really is that Jesus is the answer that he's actually the one who helps us to understand who the true and living God is and how we can know him and have a relationship with him. Up on the screen are two verses from the Gospel of John in the first chapter, verse 14 and verse 18. Verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Then verse 18, it says, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God. That's a reference to Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. And what this text is saying to us, on one hand, that Jesus is the center of all of this because he perfectly revealed God to us. And in these verses, there's two ways in which he did that. The first is what we celebrate at Christmas, the incarnation. That, that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, actually took to himself flesh. Notice in verse 14, it says, he became flesh. The word became flesh. That's incarnation. Up to that point, the reality was that no one had ever seen God. There had been manifestations of God. There had been symbols, burning bushes, fiery clouds, but no one had seen God. That's why verse 18 says, no one has seen God at any time. But when Jesus came into the world and he took to himself human flesh, mankind could now see God because Jesus was the God-man. He was the one who actually earlier in John 1 was the word who was in the beginning with God. He was the one who actually created everything that was made. He now was God in human flesh, walking on this planet and revealing to us the way in which we can know God. Just 14 chapters later, he will say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that's why he could say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus perfectly revealed God through his incarnation. But look at the end of verse 18, it says there, he has explained him. That Jesus also came, not just showing us God, but telling us the truth of God. He actually revealed God, John 17, 6 says, through the words which he spoke. He brought the message of God. And that's why 14, verse 14 says, full of grace and truth. So you and I have an awareness that there's a God, that, that this whole world and all the things that we see around us didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't just 
up here and through random circumstance and incredible odds, all of this take place. But there was a creator, a God who made it all and in our hearts knows that he exists. But how can we know him? Well, that God sent his son into the world to perfectly reveal himself through his incarnation and also the explanation of the will of God in the teaching of Jesus Christ, which we have in the word of God. But it's not just that he perfectly revealed God, he abundantly supplied grace for us as well. Look at the end of verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Because there's a deeper problem just than that we've never seen God. The deeper problem is, is that we've actually sinned against God. We chose to go our own way, to do our own thing. When God told us what his will was, we said, nope, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to call my own shots. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the Bible says that the consequence of that is death. And and we turned and separated ourselves from God through rebellion. And now this God that we know exists and has made himself known in Christ invites us to come back to him, just as we heard sung. But the only way that we can come back to him is on the basis of grace. That it must be a gift from God given to us in his son so that we can have eternal life. That's why this same gospel of John, just a couple chapters later, said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's God who gives the gift. That gift comes graciously. It's nothing we can earn. It's nothing that we can achieve. It's no entrance test that if I score a high enough on it because I did enough good things and I didn't do too many bad things and then I'll get to the pearly gates and someone will ask me, you know, if I pass the test and I'll get in because I was good enough. There's no one righteous. No, not one. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our only hope is that the God who created everything and sent his son to be the savior of the world would give us eternal life. And that's why this same chapter, John 1 says, as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Are the two great problems that you and I have is that we know there's a God, but we don't know where he is, is answered in Jesus. Because Jesus is the only way to God. And my sin and your sin, which separated you from God, can be taken care of because of the grace of God found in Jesus Christ. That he promises that he will never turn away anyone who comes to him through Jesus Christ. You take your own path, it's a path away from God. You choose to go your way, you're choosing to go away from Jesus. But if you will come to God through Jesus Christ, the promise of God is he will never turn you away. 
Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever trusts in him will never be put to shame. That Jesus is a faithful and gracious Savior. And that's why the message of Christmas always comes down to, do we acknowledge who he is? Do we believe what he said? Do we trust in what he did? Because that's what Christmas is really about. That he is God's son. That he proclaimed the way of life and he provided for it through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Have you trusted in Christ? Have you believed in him? Because he's the one who's full of grace and truth. And tonight he extends the offer of salvation to you if you will call on his name, confessing your sin and confessing him as the only Lord that can save you. I hope that's in your heart tonight. I hope you know the Lord. If you don't, and there's anything that we can do to help answer questions or clarify what I've spoken or what's been sung tonight, we would love to talk with you. We'd love to be able to share more about it. But really, at the very heart of it is the simple, simple reality that Jesus saves sinners. And if you recognize that you're a sinner tonight and that you need a Savior, he's offered himself to be your Savior. Will you trust in him? Will you call on his name? Will you give him the glory that he deserves by believing his word and trusting in Jesus Christ alone?